Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to The Body Reset. This podcast is being built to help career-driven professionals and business owners intelligently upgrade their body, energy, and personal performance in the modern world. I want to help uncover some of the core concepts, beliefs, and frameworks that we've used with thousands of clients to navigate health and performance as we age. If you want more like this, simply subscribe so you never miss the newest episode. team today i want to dive into this somewhat curly somewhat convoluted discussion that is cholesterol um this cholesterol has been demonized over the years it has been connected with heart disease risk heart attacks all those scary things and it's been misunderstood and we've understandably got quite scared of it but with all just like with all things um medicine and nutrition related the more science advances the more measuring and testing techniques advance the more we understand this topic the more we realize there are layers deeper that we didn't understand and it becomes less scary when we understand it more. So what I would really like to do today is take the time to explain what cholesterol really is, why our body needs it, and what markers are looked at on a standard um, lipid panel and how we can actually optimize those through diet, nutrition, and lifestyle. So that's my key takeaways that I want you to get from this today is to to go away from this with a really good understanding of actually what it is. And if you are coming to this, having been told you have high cholesterol, you're going to understand so much more what you can actually do to help improve that. And we can go from there, right? I am going to get into a little bit of context here. So as always, I want this to be something that you can take away and it becomes really actionable. So if you stick around to the end, I will give you access to a resource that we've put together, which has some really cool steps of actionable things that you can do in your day to actually make a difference um, to optimize your cholesterol markers. And I'm not going to say lower because as you will understand as we go through this, it's not always about lowering. It's actually about optimizing the balance of and understanding them a little better. So let's dive into this. The first thing that we are going to be discussing is what actually is cholesterol? So cholesterol is actually a fatty substance, which our liver makes, and we can get from dietary sources, eggs. Um, And we need that fatty substance. We need it because it's a fat and our, our blood is water, essentially. It needs to be packaged into a little protein parcel, which is water soluble because you know what fat's like in water. It doesn't mix. It doesn't move well. So the, the fatty substance that is cholesterol gets packaged into a little protein parcel called a lipoprotein. That lipoprotein goes out from the liver and can take the cholesterol, along with a couple of other things, out to our cells where it gets used. Now, what does it get used for in the body? Cholesterol is used um, to make, now first and foremost, a cell membrane. So it's incorporated into every cell membrane that makes our body, of which we're made up of millions. So we absolutely need it. It gives our cells structure. It helps our cells function. And without it, we have a problem. Um, If you heard and tuned into Ollie's talk last week about pregnenolone, you will have heard a mention about cholesterol being the precursor for our hormones, including cholesterol, uh, including cortisol. So cholesterol is absolutely a precursor. It is a building block for us to make our stress hormones, including cortisol, um, and also our sex hormones, so estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, um, and one of our other hormones as well called aldosterone, which helps us um, manage our blood pressure and fluid balance, et cetera, in the body. Cholesterol is also used to make vitamin D. So when our skin is exposed to sunlight, 
there is a process of events that turns cholesterol into vitamin D. So very, very low cholesterol levels could potentially be connected to low vitamin D production in the body as well. And last but not least, the cholesterol is also used to make bile. Bile is a substance which is made in the liver, concentrated in the gallbladder, and it helps us absorb dietary fats, fat-soluble vitamins, so A, D, and um, E and K. And so without good bile flow, which is made up from cholesterol, we could potentially become nutrient deficient and bile also as part of our detoxification process. So really, really important. So cholesterol, when we look at it like this, we realize that cholesterol is not this big scary thing, which we've been kind of worried about for so long, but it actually becomes in a sense, just the same as any other nutrient that our body needs, vitamin, mineral, macronutrient, etc. It's a thing that our body needs. Now, the average human, the average adult makes about a gram or a thousand milligrams of cholesterol in their liver every single day. The standard diet of the average adult provides about 200 milligrams of cholesterol every day. So you can see that the amount of cholesterol that you get from your diet is much, much less than what your liver actually makes every day. And this brings us around to um, one of the interesting arguments with the cholesterol discussion, which has been very pervasive over the last 60 years, is that we shouldn't be eating too many eggs or too much red meat because they're very high cholesterol foods. But what was not understood is that the liver, well, the body recognizes incoming cholesterol from your food and it turns down liver production so that it's, there's not too much there. So your body accounts for and adjusts for your dietary intake. So this is why we don't need to be worried about too many eggs. We don't need to be worried about red meat providing too much cholesterol because our body accounts for that because our body is so much smarter than what we've ever given it credit for. So what I want to do is I want to actually share my screen here so that you can see what I'm talking about. And we're going to actually dive into what is tested on a standard liver panel here in New Zealand and Australia is much the same um, so that we can actually understand what the different numbers are and what we're talking about with all this. So if I pop this up here for you, let's dig into this. So standard lipid panel and notice it is called a lipid panel, not a cholesterol test, because this is testing all the different fats. Um, that are in that molecule of blood, not just the cholesterol. So cholesterol is one of the substances inside that little protein package. So first up here, we have your total cholesterol number. So this one is actually relatively high at 7.4. This is a number which people will often quote. I have clients come to me like, oh, my cholesterol is high, and they'll tell me this number here. Now, what we need to understand about this particular number is this is the total of all of the different markers. So while it is an interesting number, it is also a relatively useless marker to know. We still want to test it, but it's not the one we should be hanging on to because it doesn't tell us what's going on within these other markers. So we put that one to the side for a minute. Um, this one, it can be hugely impacted by uh, whether it was a fasting test, what you'd eaten, um, genetics, all sorts of different things will impact that total number there. So we move on down through the list. The next one that is tested is your triglycerides. Now, as I said, this is actually a fat molecule that is packaged up with cholesterol inside those little protein particles. Um, and triglycerides are a good thing because they are made, they're fats absorbed from food, but they're also created in the liver from carbohydrates, sugar, and alcohol. And they're essentially packaged energy. They go out in that little protein package in your blood and they get taken to cells that need it for energy. Now, the problem with triglycerides lies when there is too much. So someone who is overeating, maybe overweight, 
under-muscled or in a state of, you know, continual energy coming in and not a lot being burned, this number gets too high and those shipped out um, fat molecules, the triglycerides, don't have anywhere to go. So they just get dropped off and they lead to, they get um, deposited and they'll end up in the liver, which leads to the development of fatty liver. They can get deposited in the pancreas, which damages our ability to make insulin and control blood sugar, and get deposited in the heart, which is not good for a heart muscle, and can get deposited in other areas, including our muscle mass and whatnot throughout the body. So this is a number that we have to pay a lot of attention to, and we will actually talk a little bit about what would be optimal for this number coming up. The next one down here we have is HDL. Now, HDL is known as the good cholesterol. HDL is actually the shuttle that takes the cholesterol that's come from the liver and gone out into the body. It's the one that takes it back. So it completes the circle, moving cholesterol back to the liver where the liver can decide, do we need this? Do we recycle it? Do we excrete it from the body in our bile? Um, and what do we do with it from here? So we do want HDL labeled the good cholesterol um, and I would argue they're both good we just need them in the right ratios HDL we do want it to be at an adequate level to deal with the cholesterol that we have going out into the body now the reference range as you can see for this is greater than one however the optimal place for this what is being more and more recognized in the research and in clinical settings is we want this at least over 1.3 and even better is over 1.5 and there is a strong link with low hdl levels abdominal obesity and heart attack risk so this is a number that we absolutely want to be ensuring is staying up and not going too low um, we will talk about some tweaks to help that happen Next, we move down to the big juicy one, and this is where it gets really interesting. LDL is the so-called bad cholesterol. Now, like I said, it is not bad. We actually need it. It's the shuttle that takes the cholesterol that we have made in the liver and eaten in our food out to the body where it can be used by the cells to make the cell membrane, to make the hormones, to make the vitamin D, to make all of the different things in our body that we need to make. So this is actually good. We do want some LDL to be there. Um, but the issue lies when this exceeds our ability to use it and recycle it. Hey, I hope you're really enjoying this episode. Uh, I wanted to take a quick second to say, please reach out to me on social media. Some people worry about um, interrupting me or sending me emails, but I love to hear how these podcasts and videos are impacting you and what future content you'd really like to hear so if you could reach out to me and let me know how this podcast has helped or what you'd like us to dive into that'd be amazing and we'll make sure that we bring the most relevant content to you moving forward also if you know someone that you think this could really impact and benefit uh, they could listen to on their morning walk or their commute or when they're in the kitchen uh, then it'd be amazing if you can tag them in a post or simply share uh, this on spotify or wherever else you listen with them it makes a massive difference in making sure that we can serve and help as many people as we can uh, all right, let's get back to the episode. Awesome to have you here. Um, and so what I want to do here with LDL is I actually want to go a little bit of a layer deeper with this so that we can understand this really well, because the way that we improve our cholesterol and optimize our cholesterol actually has to do with what's going on within that number and how that number matches up to our other markers. Okay. So the layer deeper with LDL cholesterol and what was not known through all the years of the cholesterol discussion and just trying to get it lower, 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 is that there um, is that LDL comes in a whole lot of different forms. Now, 
there are what are known as small, dense LDL particles. They're very, very small. They're easily oxidized or damaged. And they are the ones which are more linked to artery damage, et cetera, because they can get into and damage the little cells that line the walls of our arteries. Okay, So those small, dense LDL particles are a problem. But there is also these other LDL particles, which are called large, fluffy, buoyant LDL particles. They're bigger and bouncier, basically. And those ones are not associated with an increased risk of um, uh, plaque and, and artery damage. So when that LDL is tested on that standard panel, what it gives us is a reading of the total without any indication of whether they're small dense or whether they are large and fluffy. So it could be that your LDL sits naturally higher, but you have the bigger buoyant um, non-dangerous LDL particles, or it could be that your cholesterol, your LDL sits higher and you have a large amount of the small dense ones, which is a problem. So we we really need to be looking at how can we tell whether the particles are the small dense ones or whether they are the large fluffy ones because that's the one that actually impacts our you know health in the long term so what we do know now is that those small dense ldl particles don't occur as a standalone event they are linked to a bunch of other metabolic markers which we can test for so low HDL, low good cholesterol, is associated with a higher proportion of the small, dense, not so good LDL particles. So another reason for us to be keeping our HDL higher, um, very, very high triglycerides. So too much energy coming in that's not able to be used by the body and is being deposited in the body is another way that we end up creating more of the small, dense LDL particles, which are the dangerous ones. Abdominal obesity, very much linked to small, dense LDL particles. So that is a reason for us to really pay attention to and look at reducing um, waist circumference. And then insulin resistance or blood sugar control issues. And this is where the link with, you know, prediabetes and diabetes and heart disease risk, et cetera, comes in because they're very, very interconnected. So we really need to be having a look at all of those markers when we're looking at our lipid panel and not just looking at LDL as a number but actually how does it relate to our triglycerides how does it relate to our HDL how does it relate to our blood sugar markers and our overall metabolic health now what, where it gets interesting here is that this is actually where it ties into um, another of the big arguments against red meat etc that has pervaded over the years and this is the saturated fat link so um, the argument against red meat has been that it's a big source of saturated fat and saturated fat pushes up LDL numbers. Now, what we know now is that higher saturated fat intake actually doesn't um, correlate with increased risk of cardiovascular disease or mortality, et cetera. So there's a break in the system, isn't there? Because if the saturated fat pushes up the LDL, but that doesn't mean higher heart attack or disease risk, there must be more to the LDL story. And that is because saturated fat helps us to build those big, fluffy, buoyant LDL particles, which are actually quite useful. So again, this is a reason why eating more red meat in the context of a healthy diet where we have good blood sugar control and good carbohydrate intake that's managed with our energy output and whatnot is actually safe and actually beneficial because if we take out red meat from the diet, then we have an issue. It has to be replaced with something. And more often than not, what that will be replaced with is carbohydrates. Carbohydrates upset the blood sugar balance, which can lead to the weight gain, which can lead to the development of those small, dense LDL particles. So you can see how this is very circular. And the body is cool like that. 
it nothing functions in and of itself. Everything is interconnected. So if we're wanting to optimize one thing, do you know there's going to be a flow-on effect? So when you go and get your cholesterol tested by your GP, you'll get those standard numbers which I showed you. And what is typically focused on is either that total cholesterol number or the LDL number. And this is where statin medications come in. So statins are the cholesterol lowering medications. Now, the cholesterol lowering medications, unfortunately, do not only lower LDL, they also lower HDL. And as you'll remember, we actually don't want HDL to be too low because it has some good benefits. So the, the downside with statins is that the whole lot gets pulled down. Now, if we look at this through a dietary perspective, we can actually increase our HDL and improve and optimize our LDL and get a better outcome overall rather than just lowering, lowering, lowering. And there's really interesting research coming out now. In fact, there's um, a recent study that was published in um, the Journal American Heart Association or something, I'm trying to remember it now, but it's a very recent one. And um, it actually showed that very, very low cholesterol levels and in particular very, very low LDL levels, which can occur with statins, actually there's a U-shaped curve with heart disease risk. So at very, very low levels, risk increased and at very, very high levels, risk increased. And there was a sweet spot in the middle. Um, and so, and yet if you do a little bit of Googling on cholesterol, et cetera, the overwhelming discussion is that lower is better and there's no limit that is too low. And yet the research now is showing that that's actually not the case. We do run into a danger zone when we're taking our cholesterol too low. And that's understandable when we start to think about what that cholesterol does for us. It's actually a key nutrient that our body needs. So if we're just lowering it, we're going to run into a little bit of a problem. So couple of take-homes for you within all this. I know I've gone quite deep, um, so hopefully you're still with me and you are finding this useful, helpful, and something that you can take away to understand a little bit better. So the key things we want to focus on are triglycerides. Triglycerides are associated with fat deposition throughout the body. They increase our chances of having those small, dense, dangerous LDL particles, and we need to be paying attention to them because they also increase inflammation and the whole cascade that is metabolic syndrome. So triglycerides really the number we should be looking for. And if we put this panel back up so you can see what I'm talking about here, this number here, the number we should be looking for at least on a fasted it needs to be a fasted um, cholesterol panel, is 1.2 or a little bit under. So this one being it is a fasted test was too high. This is a sign of too much energy going in and not enough muscle and whatnot to uptake that energy. So this is there getting deposited in the liver, in the tissues, in the body and causing a problem. The next one we want to be looking at is our HDL. And we want this, we can see the reference range here is greater than one. And like I said before, the research now, clinical evidence is really showing that greater than 1.3 and 1.4 is even better. And the things which help to get the HDL up are things that we have in our control. It is exercise, in particular resistance training and strength building exercise, which build muscle. Um, and it is quality of food. So it's your colorful fruits and vegetables. It's your antioxidant, anti-inflammatory foods. It's keeping your refined carbohydrates down. And it's really good protein sources that help to optimize that HDL number. Um, and just one more point on that before we kind of get into where we're 
Um, the resource which I can give out here is with your LDL as well. What I've seen with all of the clients that I've had um, through my personal practice and through the Body Reset program, looking at these numbers is that when you make the tweaks with diet and lifestyle, you can have huge impact on cholesterol markers. Um, and the one that I see change a lot is actually that LDL marker, which is the one we do want to pay a lot of attention to. And the one that really makes a difference there, again, is that resistance training. And part of that is that our muscle mass is very sensitive to cholesterol. And when we have more muscle mass, our body doesn't need as much to get the message across. And so we can down-regulate production and the amount that is sent out and use what is being sent out a whole lot better when we have better muscle mass. So a really good nudge there to get a little bit of resistance training into your day. All right. That's the nuts and bolts of that. This is a huge topic. There are layers and layers and layers that we can go into here, and I could talk to you all day, but I won't keep you any longer. What I want you to understand here is cholesterol is important. It's not about dropping, dropping, dropping. It is about optimizing it for you and understanding those different markers. If you want to know what you can do to help your cholesterol levels and improve those, if you know that some of those markers were different to what I was talking about, then please comment cholesterol down below and we can send out to you our brand new five-step resource of action steps that you can take today to optimize and improve cholesterol markers, which is going to make you feel awesome. So hopefully that's helpful. Enjoy the rest of your day. This episode was brought to you by The Body Reset, world leaders in health and performance coaching. If you love this episode, it would be a massive help if you just share with one person that you think would benefit. I'd also love to hear from you personally on social media or via email if I can help you personally. Until next time, remember, long-term change comes from self-compassion and thanks for tuning in.